This is Power for Living, the Bible teaching ministry of Christ the King Church in Wakefield, Massachusetts. I'm your host, Feliciano Segundo, and our teacher is Father Michael Carl. So get all your Bibles and let's get started. For our teaching time today, we are going to cover a series of verses regarding the awesomeness of the Word of God. But the first thing I want to ask is, what's everyone's favorite food? Pasta, okay. Have you ever been to one of those all-you-can-eat buffet restaurants? Where you can slam down as much food as you can possibly eat. And I remember going to this one place that had a buffet, and their sign out front said, All you care to eat. And I thought, you know, that's not the right way to put that. You know, it's like this, it sounded like they were saying, As much as you can possibly stand or stomach, yeah, you can go ahead and eat that. But usually it's all you can eat. And you can go in there, you can take a plate, you leave your plate on the table and go get a clean one and then fill it up and go eat and eat some more, right? You find the opportunity then to get the richest and the juiciest and the yummiest food that you can get down and eat. But God says in his word that we don't live by that food alone. Like in Deuteronomy 8, verse 3, it says, So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. God allowed them to suffer hunger. Why? It's because the Jews were complaining. They went out into the desert away from Egypt. And we remember reading in the book of Exodus, oh, that you had just left us in Egypt. Man, there was food there. We had leeks and we had melons and watermelon and we had beans and we had everything we could possibly want. Except they got beaten regularly by the Egyptian taskmasters for that privilege of having all of that food. So God said, okay, I'm going to let you find out what it's like to not have all that you want. And I'm going to let you go out there and you're going to be in the wilderness and you're going to find out that you need more than food. And in this case, the Lord was trying to tell them that in reality there is no survival of the soul or our mind or anything like that. There is no survival of our mind or our heart without God's Word and without God's Word daily. Not just once a week. You know, like some people say, well, I read my Bible regularly. They meant actually only once a month, but I guess that's regular if you do it every month, but that's not what God has in mind. He wants you to partake of His Word every day and feast on it like there is a veritable smorgasbord of truth 
that you can take from God's Word and feed your soul and get that nourishment you need to walk through the next day or the next day after that and to be sustained every day. Peter said in 1 Peter 2, 2, the Word is as essential to us as milk is to a baby. We cannot live spiritually without the Word of God. And I would suggest you not even try it. You know, that's not a winning proposition, is to get out there and try to see how long you can go without feeding on God's Word regularly. We move over to Psalm 19, and Psalm 19 verse 7 says, The law of the Lord is perfect converting the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. What's the law of the Lord in this passage? It's the Word of God. And it says, David the psalmist says, about the Word of God, it's perfect. What does it do? It converts the soul. You encounter the Word of God, like the writer of Hebrews says, it's like a sword that's a double-edged, it cuts both ways all the way down to the bones and the marrow, and it divides that part of you and finds out what's there that needs to be removed. The Word of God is absolutely perfect at doing those things. And David writes, the testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. And you know what this means? It means that if you study and read and focus and digest, if you will, the Word of God, it will sharpen your brain. Instead of being dumb, it will make you wise and intelligent and insightful. You will gain things in your mind and your ability to see things that you never saw before. When you come up and you digest the Word of God daily, you have a regular diet of the Word morning and evening or however much you can take in and it will make your mind sharper if you can believe that because I've seen people who were marginal students at best but when they began to a regular Bible reading program they began to feed on the Word of God daily guess what their mind sharpened they learned more stuff and their grades in school improved because they had the Word of God and they were feeding on God's Word. Now we go to verse 10 in Psalm 19. More to be desired are they than gold, yes, than much fine gold, sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. Have you ever been to a coin shop and seen those people in there who were shopping and looking at the various things and they were possibly collectors or investors or maybe even doomsday preppers who are buying up gold so they could have currency when everything goes south. They desire gold because regardless of what we may think of it, gold is a standard of value worldwide. You go to any country in the world and you whip out a little bag of gold coins and the eyes of that merchant or whoever you're dealing with are going to light up and get as big as saucepan because they're going to see that gold and they're going to say, how much, how much are you going to give me? They desire that gold. God's Word is supposed to be desired 
more than that. Why? Because God's word is of infinite value. You can't put a dollar figure on the value of what we find in the Bible, the Word of God. It is not possible to apply some percentage of, well, 50 verses are worth a dollar, 100 verses are worth two dollars. You can't do that. God's Word is more valuable than money. And not only that, it says it's sweeter also than honey and the honeycomb. How many of you use honey in your recipes if you're cooking? What does honey do in any kind of recipe that you want to cook? It what? It adds a little bit of sweetness. And if it's very salty, it balances out the salty taste so that it has just this right balance and it's just savory and it goes down well and you just say, mmm, I want more of that because the honey is a precious ingredient in that item. But guess what? God's Word is sweeter to us than honey. Why? Because God's Word can feed the part of us that needs feeding at the deepest level. You know, food, you take it in and you enjoy it while you're eating it, but that's it. But God's Word gets in and it stays. And it continues to nourish. And then after that, you're looking for something else. Because that food that tasted so good, that's only temporary. But God's Word and its sweet effect on you can be indeed permanent. Now, let's move on to Psalm 119. And let's see. Forever, O Lord... Starting in verse 89 to 96 here. Forever, O Lord, your word is settled in heaven. You ever have your parents when you were a kid lecture you and say, and that's final. Can anybody identify with that? That's it. I have spoken. Or, and that's all there is to it. You ever hear that? Well, that's what this verse says about God's Word. Your Word is settled in heaven. God's Word is the final Word. That's it. And that's that. And that's final. That's all you need. But then the psalmist goes on to say, Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You establish the earth and it abides they continue this day according to your ordinances, and that's again about God's word. Unless your law had been my delight, I would then have perished in my affliction. You think what he's saying there is, I would have passed out and expired if I didn't have your word to keep me going, to keep me standing up, to keep me pressing on, to keep me trucking. You know, I remember back when I was in high school, there was this bumper sticker and there was this guy with had his legs sticking out long way out in front and the caption was, keep on trucking. Well, that's what God's Word helps us do. When the stuff hits the fan, if you got God's Word in your heart, you're going to be able to keep on trucking, and nobody can stop you. 
The only person who can stop you in those instances is who do you think? Yourself. Because if you're walking in faith with God's word, he's not going to stop you, especially if you're obeying what he said to do. If you're doing what God says do, he will say, I'm with you. Keep on trucking. Keep going. Now, we're going to flip over to Psalm 119.105. And this verse might shed some light on the subject here. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It's a bright verse. It's a happy verse. It tells us that it lights the way. Now, guys are known and renowned for never wanting to stop and ask for directions. Oh, yeah, I know where I'm going. Yeah. And, you know, you end up 20 miles out of the way or something. And, and I've probably said that same thing to Yasue. I said, no, 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 no. I, I, we're fine. I know where we are. You know, of course, in this case, I usually did, but that's another story. But guys are renowned for not wanting to stop and ask for directions. But look at what it says here. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. It lights the way. It shows the way. You have God's word in you, and it shows you your directions. And it's sort of like it shines like a beacon and lights up your pathway, and you don't have to worry about getting lost. And when we finally come to understand the depth and the truth of that passage, that one verse, will be all aglow on the inside. We'll have that light shining on our heart and on our mind, and we will be enlightened and know the way. I remember there was a time back in 1996 where Yasue and I were faced with a decision on where to move to, and I had potentially been offered this job in Minneapolis. And we were living in northern Illinois. And so we were wondering, well, if I get the job, do I take it? And so we sat down and then we got down on our knees and we prayed and we opened the Bible. And we turned to Genesis 13, verse 14. And in it, it said, Abraham was pointed to a location in the north. And so he said, hmm. That sounds like he wants us to go to Minnesota. I thought, okay, I'm willing to. But Lord, if when we get there, can you give us some confirmation that we've made the right decision? And so we set up this thing where he said, God, if we get there, we want to know, because we remember the house that they were showing us as a parsonage, and it was grotesque. So have, a, have someone say, would you want to live here if it looked like this. And when we got there, one of the women who was in charge of the project said, would you want to live in this house if it looked like that? And we said, yep, this is where we're supposed to be. And you know what? God's way lighted the path for that because 
it specifically spoke to our situation in that moment. And I don't know if you've heard of him or not, but there's a Christian comedian named Brad Stein. And he was going out to Hollywood and he wanted a career in movies and he wanted to do stand up comedy and he wanted to do a lot of stuff like that. And he was a Christian and he didn't use in his stand up routines. He didn't use swear words. And as you might imagine, it was pretty hard to find a gig for a, a comedy routine if you didn't swear or use curse words in it. So he got nowhere. Every door was closed. He went to the various movie studios and he knocked on the doors and they said, nah. And one day he was searching the scriptures and he found this verse where it talks about moving. And all of a sudden he had the impression that God wanted him to move from Hollywood to Nashville. Nashville, Tennessee. And Nashville is not known as a great movie mecca. So as he packed up his family and he was driving and he crossed the state line from California into Arizona, he was lamenting and going, God, does this mean I'm giving up on my dream? Does this mean I'm done and I, that's it? And he wondered about that. But he said, God, because I believe you've told me to go, I'm going to go, and I'm going to go in faith. So he got to Nashville, and within a few years, he had been in a movie, he had directed a movie, and not only that, he had written two books, and he had been interviewed on all these shows. He was on Fox and Friends. He was on ABC, Good Morning America. And he was on all of those shows being interviewed about his movie projects. And not only that, he had a burgeoning, busting out over the seams, stand-up comedy schedule. And he thought, all this in Nashville. But it came out and it turned out, and here's the way it worked out and why it worked out that way. He had the Word of God light his path and he was blessed with the fulfillment of that lifelong dream because he did what God told him to do. And that's how we are going to make a dent in the world. If we follow that path and we do what God tells us to do, by His Word. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for this week's edition of Power for Living. If you happen to miss any of our other programs, be sure to go to our podcast page at ChristTheKingNorthShore.podbean.com And you can also visit our website at www.ctknorthshore.org If this program has been a blessing, feel free to let us know. Write us at Power for Living care of Christ the King Church, 4 Railroad Avenue, Suite 309 in Wakefield, Massachusetts, 01880, or you can also send us an email at ChristTheKingNorthShore at gmail.com. You can be a part of this gospel ministry by becoming a patron of Power for Living. You can find out how by clicking the Become a Patron button at the top of our podcast page. That's it for this week, and until next time, remember that Jesus is your Power for Living.